Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you since 1997 on KKUP Radio with over 250 guests and still going strong in their 12th year of weekly broadcasting, the International Taz and Paula Show brings to you expansive, engaging, and groundbreaking intensity on radio and now on the Internet airwaves today. Listen live every Thursday or visit Embracing Mother Earth's archives, exclusive articles, Ask questions and receive actual answers from guests anytime at TazAndPaulaShow.com. Taz and Paula's special guests are experts coming from all walks of life, energizing our lives with a passion that inspires and teaches us with each of their compelling personal life journeys, with roots from ancient wisdom and bridging it with modern science. We hope today's show touches the wisdom of your heart. And now... Taz and Paula. Well, hello out there to everyone. Today we have a sound expert, Jill Matson. Simply tips the scales. Every time she is with us, she profoundly shares how flexible our body really is in learning how to increase our health and vitality, emotional strength, intelligence, and higher consciousness with sound. Jill is a prolific, widely recognized award, award-winning author, musician, artist that brings to the forefront 20 years of extensive research in sound, ancient and modern healing techniques. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show, and I'm Paula. And I'm Taz. <clears throat> Paula, Jill Matson's research is so stunning. She even shared that the ancient Egyptians wrote musical notes and letters on paper, and then when the ink-like substance dissolved in water, they then drank the water to heal certain ailments. She said that they believed that the vibrations created by shapes and words created a subtle energy that, when ingested, were healing and enlightening. These ideas remind me of Dr. Matsuro Emoto's work showing uh, freezing water affected by positive words produced pleasing and beautiful shapes, and angry words created lopsided and distorted patterns. Jill has combined these revolutionary ideas with modern science and ancient wisdom in her books and videos, articles, and even lectures. Well, Jill also says our voice is a mini-splendored tool, which we are unfortunately unaware of how to use properly. In fact, she says we are not even aware that it can be tailored for such diverse and exciting exciting purposes like managing one's health to a higher degree, eliminating stress in our lives, she even <laughs> activating a more exciting career. Well, back to us by popular demand. Jill is with us today, and I can hardly start. I'm so excited. I can't hardly wait to get started here. Welcome back, Jill. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. Jill, you know, I, out of curiosity, because we've interviewed you before, mm-hmm. but um, out of curiosity, uh, how did you get involved or interested in ancient culture and, and how they worked with sound? <laughs> That's kind of a cute story. I was on a spiritual quest. Um, in my midlife, I was very much into um, mainline uh, Christianity. And I decided to write the Bible as an autobiography of God because I thought that that perspective was going to um, yield a lot of wisdom. For example, you know, we could say, how could God allow this child to die from starvation? And God could say, hey, I have enough food on that earth to feed you over three times over. Why can't you share? So anyway, on this spiritual quest, I started this um, autobiography. And as I started through the Bible, um, I I had a lot of um, problems. Like right off in Genesis, um, you know, the two sons of um, Adam and Eve both bust their butts to please God, and God, you know, likes one child's gift and not the other. And, you know, I'm thinking, 
that's not very nice. I wouldn't have done that. I mean, you know, and so, and, so, and then, then there's some places where God's jealous, angry, moody, and he's not always a good God, a nice God. I mean, he's sometimes downright ruthless in the Old Testament. And I had in a, a, a shift, a huge epiphany, and that was, as long as I cling to a God that is somewhat flawed or angry, um, that reflects on who I am. And if I can find a God that's, you know, a bigger definition of, of beautiful, of loving, of all-encompassing, then that changes me. And so I had this epiphany shift, and everything in my life changed. I mean, I was immediately clairvoyant, clairaudient, everything opened up. And so I had this whole new world because I, I let go of all my dogma and my garbage. It's kind of like I flushed myself. So anyway, after this um, change, and I let go of what I'd been taught in my life, I didn't let go of the, I didn't throw out the baby at the bathwater, but um, I let go of the dogma. But, but being a human, you know, I had spent a whole year doing this autobiography, and I wasn't quite ready to let it go and say it was all just so I could change my mind. So I went um, into Babylonia because when the Jews were captive there, they, they had another Bible, the Serpentine, and, and then there was, you know, the um, Kabbalah. And so I started going to these religious texts, and while in Babylonian, I found these Zoroastrian, these ancient um, religions, and they, they were talking about a God, a concept, ideas, to make yourself more, um, more loving, more kind, more um, pure, and they were great. And it's the same with the Kabbalists. And so I was like, woo -hoo, woo -hoo, look at this. And so I was really fascinated. And since I'd been a musician, since I'd been about five, um, when I read through these mystic cultures and documents on a personal spiritual quest, if I found anything about sound or music, it's like, I don't know, it felt like a porcupine. I mean, like the hairs just stood on end. It's like, woo, look at this. And they were using sound and music in, all over the globe to grow their gardens, to fight a war, to heal, to, to regrow a leg that got cut off, to um, um, lift heavy objects, to change relationships, to arrange marriages. I mean, it was like, wow. And it took me 25 years to really get the hang of it and look at it through the lens of the Chinese, the Egyptians, the Zoroastrians, the Incas, the Mayans, all over the globe. And I just got a whole new way of looking at the world, kind of summing it up. The ancient people saw the world as energy and vibration, not chemical. And everything was thought to be energy and information like a wave. And waves are very easy to understand in sound and music. So they understood the world through the lens of sound and music. Not that sound and music was everything, but it's like, it's like they were in a big ocean and they were in this submarine and they could plop up this little tiny tube and they could look out into the ocean. And through that lens, that was sound and music, was how they could look at, look at everything. And what I found is that, wow, is that wise? It opens up the things that can't solve with chemistry and even physics. It's just, it just explains, um, explains things and the relationships by things by looking at them through waves and through, in a good way to look at waves, through music. In the science of music, it's simple really simple and you know there's basically two different tenets um, one is resonance that with the same frequency energy transfers kind of like a radio station think of it that way if you have the same frequency they'll, they'll exchange energy and the other is that a stronger wave or a rhythm will in close proximity will overtake another there it is there's it that's the science oh well, you know, when you're talk when you're talking, um, it just put a, a light bulb in my head is alchemy, because the ancients yes. talked about alchemy. So they were using sound and vibration to create alchemy through the chemical 
part of our world. Mm-hmm. Is, yes. Is that how it worked? Absolutely. It's like, remember I said that the resonance, frequency change, energy exchanges between the same frequency and also octaves of the same frequency. And for those people who aren't musicians, an octave is the same note, it's just double, like bum, bum. So if bum is 100 cycles per second, the octave, which is the exact same note, bum is 200 cycles per second. So let's say they wanted to um, cast a spell on someone. They would calculate the frequency of a fragrance, maybe of an item, a feather, or something like that. They would calculate the frequency of a sound of a magic word. They would calculate um, everything in terms of waves and add them together. And then energy transfers through the same note. And if it's strong enough, will it change physicality? Oh, yeah. So they would look at the magic more like they wouldn't use science like we do, but they, but they, would, they would make their own definition of science. We wouldn't call it science today. It was a big deal. Like if you look in Egypt, you know, there are all those pyramids. Well, there's all these priests, you know, places where all the priests hang out. And that was a powerful society for 3,000 years top of the food chain was the priests and they're all studying these slow connections that's where hermetic magic came from that's when the pagan all the the spells and all that kind of stuff came from from egypt because they were simply studying the relationships between waves and, and, and it was their the, idea of science well in the pyramids and, and the temples everything is multiplied if you did toning in a, a temple or a pyramid, right. it's, it's even multiplied. So it's what you're saying is yes. making complete sense. And what they did for their pyramids, for example, they could look at a configuration, like if you look at Venus moving through eight years, Venus traces a, a perfect pentagram in the sky. So let's say they wanted to do a temple, they would look at the geometry of that pentagram and they would use that same geometry in the proportions in the building. And so it's the idea of resonance, so as above, hermetic magic. So if you create the frequency and the resonance of the shapes and the angles in the heavens and you do it down here on earth, you get the same feeling, same energy, kind of like a download from heaven. And that's why the pyramids feel so good. Were they, were they used, uh, were the temples and the pyramids used for healing? My understanding is, is that um, the, priest, the priesthood was used. Now, whether they used the temples, I mean the pyramids or not, but around the temples you're going to find these large uh, buildings for the priests. Um, they're, they're the top of the food chain. And so if you're sick, you would go and see the priests. And in fact, even if you look in... Um, the different countries, like, you know, with the Hebrews or um, the Zoroastrians, and they're writing about their enemy, Egypt, even the enemies will say, if you're sick and you want to live, get to Egypt, get to those priests, because they will make you whole. And here's an example from the priesthood to just show you how they saw things in terms of ways. For example, if... Um, I don't know, they building pyramids, so a lot of people have cracked skulls. You know, you could have accidents, I'm sure, get a rock dropped on you or something. And so the manner in which they cured a concussion was that they, they looked at the shape of the skull, and the shape creates a frequency. It's a wave. And the actual shape, you know, energy will bounce off and create a certain energy matrix. So if you had a cracked skull, they would put an oyster edge egg near your head because that would have the perfect frequency of the perfect egg shape. And then to resonance, that frequency would transfer to your skull. And we can say, oh, that's crazy. But if you go to um, get your you have broken bone and you go to an orthopedic surgeon, um, many of the places are offering sounds to make your bones heal in less than half the time. So we're beginning to do that again. Are they actually doing that in hospitals? 
Um, yeah, I know when my son broke his arm, um, they they have little frequency machines. I believe that they're the frequencies of probably of of your bone, a healthy bone matrix. I found it online. I was writing about it, and you could you could even buy the little machines to lessen the time of your bone healing, and it was a sound machine. I so I know. Um, learn. I know when um, my mother had pulled her hamstring, and she went to Kaiser Hospital. They actually used a vibrational machine to help it heal faster. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see that in my book Sequence Sounds, um, I talk about human bioacoustics, which is the science of Sherry Edwards, and she has had marvelous success in regrowing tissues, nerves, and all that kind of stuff with sounds, using the sound of healthy tissues, and so forth. And then you ingest sound. That's a, that's a scientific fact. You ingest sound. We really don't pay attention to it because it's in small quantities. But, but we ingest it all the time. Now, I you know, have a question and, and, about about sound mm-hmm. that could be on the opposite side. What about construction workers who have to be around this loud sound for hours where they're working? Would that um, create illness? Yes, yes, it can. Um, when you um, how to put this? We think our voice is one sound, but it's not. It's more like white light is a summation of all the components um, of the rainbow. So like if light passes through a crystal, you see the rainbow on the wall. Same thing with our voice. Our voice also splits up almost into rainbow sounds, if you will. And there's a device that you can play around with this, um, and it's for free, at nanovoice.org. And you can download this little software program and you can speak into the program and then um, you can break your voice into component pitches. And you'll see that us, that different people have different um, uh, frequency, you know, like, you know, I might be more of a frequency associated with blue, you might be more with a frequency associated with orange. And another way of saying that, that is that we might have different personalities or we might have different pers- health issues because because your health issue, your, your feelings, your emotions, your thoughts, they're all waves, and they're all going to add into what are your dominant frequencies. And so um, um, with that, so like let's say I have a lot of G in my personality. If I'm looking at a construction site and that jackhammer is a G, it will really make me sick because I have too much GM, way out of balance. Whereas if I don't, let's say that the, the pitch of that um, jackhammer is a D and I need D, then it might not hurt me. So a lot of the impact of sounds, um, they're individual. Are people all aware of, of this? Yeah. Are, are, are people actually aware of this? Can they, I wonder if they really realize that, well, this, doesn't feel good or, uh, you know, um, I think that you had, you have some information about um, the spider's music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'd love to tell about that, yeah. Would you tell about that? Yeah. Um, again, this is just verification of really what I'm saying by a highly specialized team at MIT. And I don't know, I'm in second grade, I remember always hearing about spider's web being like, I don't know, stronger than steel, Um, really strong. The spider silk is strong. And so this special um, interdisciplinary team at MIT was making, um, they were looking at the chemical analysis, they're looking at the molecular structure, and they are attempting to make synthesized spider silk, and they want it soft and flexible, but yet as strong as steel. And they had um, hundreds and hundreds of varieties. And to make a long story short, when they just looked at the chemical analysis, 
they got a ver- the molecules were strong, but they didn't hang together. So it's like the silt that they tried to produce um, cracked and was crumbled, and it, it was useless. And in an attempt to make this spider silk, one of the people that they had on their team, this MIT, just in a disciplinary team, was a musician. And I would suspect he had learned from Joel Sternheimer what he did. He's a French physicist. And he would observe the protein molecules in plants. And if you've ever seen a, a video of a molecule, it looks like, like a jellyfish glob and it breathes. And as it breathes, it gets a little bigger and in and out. Well, if you measure the distance that it goes in and out, then with simple physics, you can calculate the frequency of the cell. So anyway, with this, Joel Sternheimer measured the frequencies of the proteins in plants and found their songs. And some of them were recognizable. One was old Solo Mio. And when he played back the frequency of the plant back to itself, the song back, it doubled in plant growth. And there's the world hunger problem right there. But how's that related to um, this MIT team of the spider silk? They looked at the protein molecules in the spider silk, and they translated them to pitches. And so they made a strain of spider silk synthesized. It was beautiful music. It was the natural replication of the protein molecules, just like Sternheimer had done. And that silk worked. And so to sum that up, because I, I said quite a bit there, it's like when they looked at synthesizing spider silk with chemical in our typical science today, they were unable to do it. When they looked at it in terms of waves and harmonic music, they were able to succeed. And, you know, that has such yeah. profound implications. It's saying that, you know, that we're a musical instrument, literally. Wow. So that's like, you know, talk about a tipping point between hot water at 211 degrees and the boiling point at 212. It's a finite um, jump there, but yet it's so it's so exact that uh, it's amazing. Uh, you know what what can be done. Uh, talk about <laughs> um, you know. It, it, I got goosebumps all over. I mean, it's just so exciting to know that we have this capability with sound. And, you know, you have taken it to such such a degree. I mean, you look at it in notes. You look at it in food. You, I mean, like the color of food. You, mm-hmm. It's amazing how we just never stop and think about these choices in our life that we're making. I, the other morning, I got up and a sound, um, um, uh, Beethoven kept replaying in my brain <laughs> continuously <laughs> for hours. And I thought, wow, what's, what's going on? You know, so these sounds, because they replay in the head like that, and you... I mean, I didn't play that music prior, and then all of a sudden it's there. Uh, maybe we need these notes in our in our body for healing. Absolutely, or... absolutely. And in fact, another thing confirmed by science is that you have little frequencies coming out of your ears. Your ears are more than just intaking sound, and the little um, frequencies um, they. They're called autoacoustic emissions, and they're kind of, think of them like a radio. So, like, if you have um, diabetes, a little sound will go out your ear, and it will be um, the sound that will fix your diabetes, and it will also be the sound that the um, cells all over your body will pick up to know that you need this particular frequency. It's like um, 
It's like the radio station. And, like, for example, um, okay, that's, that's just the old acoustic admission showing that your body um, communicates via frequencies. And, and here's another thing. If, um, like, let's say my primary frequency is G, and what that means is, is I have way too much G. And usually I would, um, if you were to compare it to a color, um, there's going to be another note that, if you were to compare it to a color, the complementary color, complementary colors balance each other. Well, there's also complementary notes. And the note that balances the G is D. So um, the more D I get, the more imbalance I get. My body knows that and knows that's the answer. If I have a health problem, it's usually because I have too much G. So I put on the music, and I listen to oh, Moonlight Sonata, speaking of our Mr. Beethoven, and I listen to it in the key of G. I don't like it. I listen to it in the key of D. Oh, is that nice. And I'll probably yeah. give you all, all kinds of stories and you know I really don't know what I'm talking about as to why I like the one over the other but my body is wise and it knows it needs this frequency and then it's like it releases endorphins I find it pleasurable do you work with people do you work with people and find out what they're missing and what they have too much of Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm And in fact, even the layman can do it. My book, Secret Sounds, goes into how to do it. And then there's a free software program um, at nanovoice.org that would enable you to break your voice into component pitches. So everyone can start to do it. Or another way to do it is, um, is just like sing a siren, like, ooh. And what I've found is that when your body is exposed to like a smorgasbord of sounds, it'll pick from the table what it wants. Oh. Wow. Very good. Very good. Yeah. 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 I think that's so cool. I think it was about, I don't know, two or three weeks ago. It was almost kind of funny because within, within an hour, I was humming songs I had never heard for years and years. And all of a sudden, five or six of them just popped into my head. It was like maybe just a phrase or two. And <laughs> I, I started humming it, and I thought, that is really strange. And, and as it continued happening over the, the hour itself, there was like, you know, four, five, six different songs. And I thought, I've never thought of these. What's going on? It was really, really funny. Um, so maybe my body needed particular sounds mm-hmm. and they were just pulling in these songs. That mm-hmm. is hilarious, isn't it? Oh, my god! Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Jill, you're yeah, a composer. You're a composer. Yes, I am. And I, I am. Have a friend who, <laughs> I, I have a friend who's a composer, and I'm just, uh, questioning when you are a composer, do you create music that resonates with your sound? Um, yes, it does. And in fact, um, I read um, someone who um, converts sound to the periodic chart of the elements and noted that, for example, Beethoven in his compositions. I forget what he died from. I'm just making this up to make the point across. Let's say he failed liver, and then this person was looking at Beethoven's symphonies and noticed that they played a lot of healing tones for your liver. He just didn't hear enough of it. So I would say that that's true. But the other thing is is that I, um, I get help when I compose. I sometimes hear them just like Taz did. And then it's like I feel, I feel like it's cosmic plagiarism, like I'm cheating or something. If you just hear it and write it down, I mean, that doesn't seem fair. Or sometimes I'll actually think I'm composing, and then I'll look at my music and I'll see all these numerical math patterns, and I'll think, wow, some genius did that. But that wasn't me, the genius. I mean, I was just doodling around. So I, I think musicians, I mean, and not just myself, but looking at the Renaissance classical musicians, almost all of them report hearing music. 
specific cast did. And so I I wonder if um, we aren't given music, meaning a, a society or an epic, that is the next evolutionary step for mankind. Oh, and that way, yes. uh, you know, a musician would just be um, like an up. antenna picking up the frequencies and a conduit and passing them on. Well, I had lunch with my friend who's a composer, and so is her husband. And he wants to do it as a partnership. He wants to work with her in composing their music. And she said it, she can't do it because she said her body hears and feels something completely different than his. And he, he can't see that. He doesn't know why they can't work together. But what she's saying to me is almost is exactly what we're talking about today. It's what's resonating with her. Mm-hmm. But it's hard for mm-hmm. her to bring in somebody else's vibration. Mm-hmm. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? So I think my music, sure, it resonates with me. But when I'm given a gift like that, I oh, feel it's that it's meant for mankind. Yeah, it's from, it's, oh, okay. I'm just a channel. In fact, I have a really cute story, if you'd like. Um, this is the time I was channeling music. Um, my My husband and I, had gone to the Cleveland Symphony. Anyway, we were going along, and up comes a Haydn piece. And since I channel a lot, I know what um, it feels like when you're about to channel. You can feel the energy, and it comes inside you, and then you just kind of get out of the way, and it takes over. That's how it works. So anyway, I felt someone come in the back like I'm channeling. And I usually do channel angels and masters, and it's so fluffy and nice and light. But this was mine. This was um, the most difficult one ever. But someone who was very um, agitated, just just stressed and agitated and demanding. And as soon as the Haydn song started, it's like it's like it was everything in my body to not stand up in the audience and conduct the orchestra. Would <laughs> 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 thrown out in seconds, and I'm holding onto my chair sweating bullets because it's that hard for me to not stand up and conduct this orchestra. And my hearing was expanded at this time, and I could hear everything broken out. Like, normally when you listen to an orchestra, it sounds like a sound, but I could distinguish each violin. There must have been 40 of them up there. And so he, this, whoever this guy was, was yelling that somebody was that flat, out of tune. He got to the end. He was really mad because somebody changed his notes. So I'm assuming that it was Joseph Haydn. Anyway, the song's over, and he had no bedside manners. He's gone. And thank <laughs> goodness, because I, I was a mess. So anyway, the next day, I'm home alone. Thank you. Thank you, universe. So I'm home alone, and I, I feel him again. And he comes in the back, and... So I just let him take over, you know, because I'm, I'm not trying to save face in front of a crowd. And he starts to conduct. Meanwhile, if you were a mouse, I mean, I was conducting the dining room table. But anyway, he starts to conduct, and my hearing opens up. You know, this beautiful symphony. It's just great. And then when it was all done, same mannerism, you know, no bedside mannerism, no tact. Song's gone. He's gone. And as soon as he left, I wrote, wrote it down. And it's uh, Cynthia of the Stars. It's on Deep Wave Beauty. And, of course, my name is on it. But I don't really think it's mine. Oh, how and wonderful. I think there's that, there's that element in composing. Sometimes it's ours, and sometimes it's just a gift. So, that's what, that's what I loved your story. Thank you. Because... Um, because we have a, a Taz and I have a friend. Uh, he's passed on now, but um, he received music from John Lennon, mm. and he he was able to be you know open enough to receive it. So beautiful. Can we as individuals um, ask for help from the other side? Yes, absolutely, and in fact. The music, then the Painter Soul and the Stardust CDs, they are ancient methods 
of raising your consciousness, which is like raising your overall body, mind, soul energies. And again, you need to listen to a lot to all sound. Just a great way to ingest a lot is to loop it and listen to it while you sleep or have it on in the background. So it can, I mean, sound's always going to become part of who you are. So why not put something that enriches your life on? And it raises your consciousness. And, and what that means is, is that um, it, it powers you up. So if you could imagine yourself being in an antenna, it's it's going to make you go up higher in the sky to get more, um, to be a longer antenna, to get a broader range of frequencies. And another way of saying that would be you're going to get help. Um, it's easier for people on the other side to send you information and for you to receive it and understand it. So they Jill, can you give tell us? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us uh, about the? Um, CDs that you have individually because, um, again, I've begun to listen to your CDs and they are really incredible. Um, uh, By the way, I do have one um, Paint Your Soul available that I can send. Um, So if anybody, uh, I just have one. So if you want to email us at info at Taz and Paula's show, dot com um, we'll be happy to um, send it out to you uh, remember there's only one <laughs> so you better hit the email quickly okay um, but can you tell us specifically you have you have Stardust CD you have Paint Your Soul CD you have um, Healing Flower Symphonies um, uh, the Let's see, volume one, volume two. Can you tell us individually what they what they are? Yes, yes. And again, I guess I need to thank my lucky stars because the music was given to me, and it was given to me um, kind of like with an overall plan. The first two affect your consciousness, and that's Paint Your Soul and Stardust. Again, I received the music, which which I think is very beautiful, and then I encode it with little frequency patterns that I found that they used in the antiquity for um, very specific targeted purposes. In Paint Your Soul, uh, I'm replicating the ancient process of looking at everything that God made and noticing that there's an awful lot of similarities. So perhaps Mother Earth isn't so creative after all. She's using, for example, the Fibonacci series of numbers in her geometry over and over, I mean, like, very repetitive. And so the ancient people saw that, reduced it to geometry, and then converted that to cycles per second. So in ancient times, you never listened to the music we hear today. You always listened to music that was the vibrational counterpart of nature. And so that's what I did in your Paint Your Soul. I have those tones converted to in, in tuning forks and they kind of twinkle in the background and then also put in a solfeggio matrix which was um, a tonal pattern used in the antiquity to again raise the body mind soul and I one time asked I asked um, to have a better explanation and I was given a dream and in my dream I was shown this lock and it looked like a tube, and it looked like um, it had number combinations, like, um, I don't know, an, uh, just a little lock. So the first thing, you would have to arrange the numbers. If the co- code was 369, you'd have to spin the dial so you got 3 and then 6 and then 9. And then when you did that, this tube unlocked. And what I was told was that there are certain points in your aura, and if they use some type of vibrational code, it's kind of like they just, like the elevator up. You know, they just pull you up. And anyway, that's what this uh, Solfeggio code was re- reported to be. And there's 18 frequencies in this little pattern. So that's in Teacher Soul. In Stardust, again, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting on raising your consciousness, which is your body, mind, soul. So like if you raise your consciousness enough, and your cancer disappears, that would be a byproduct. 
anyway, back to the race. It says, paint your soul. I mean, stardust. In this, again, I'm copying the ancient techniques. They would come up with the frequencies of the stars, and this is kind of creepy, but, but they had them. Like, you can, with physics, figure out, you know, what a, what a ball in motion, like a planet, would make in its orbit. And they, they would listen to the tones of the stars, and they even had them associated with harmonics and all kinds of um, elements of music. And so they would listen to the stars um, to elevate, you know, so as above, so below, to be like heaven, to be more godlike, to uh, raise their consciousness. And in fact, um, some of the star tones and star sounds were the secret that was played at the death of a pharaoh to enable him to go safely to ascend to the other side. Anyway, um, that's what I have in the Stardust CD, as well as I put in the frequencies of carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, and nitrogen, just playing around, because that's the frequencies in the stars, but it's also the frequencies in our bodies. So those two are for consciousness. Then the second set, the Healing Flower Symphonies, are for emotions, a very important aspect of our body, mind, soul. And again, taking from antiquity, they would say that when you fill up with a negative energy or negative feelings, just simply by either being in a bad situation or, you know, your personality. If you're prone to anger, you've experienced a lot of anger. And they would say that that builds up, and over time, through resonance, which I explained earlier, anything in your body that's the same frequency of anger is going to get that negative energy. So they would recreate the sound, the negative sound, and they would like loosen it, and with intention they would just let it, let it go free. And so what I did in the Healing Flower Symphonies is I took this catharsis idea with music, and I released like the negative side of an emotion, like you release fear and build fearlessness. And how I built the positive side was I just got the frequency of a um, flower remedy, which is the same as the frequency, composite frequency of a flower. Because flowers um, give us emotion. A daisy is cheerful, a rose is beauty. And so I embed with the, you know, the frequency of the flower, and then musically, like, we'll release impatience, build patience. And they're really quite impactual. I can definitely feel stuff going out. Because to heal it, you have to feel it. It, it. You heal it as it leaves your body. You feel it as it leaves your body. And I just can't understand, I mean, why we wouldn't want to, to play these things all over. Because negative energy builds up in us and we don't even know it's there. And here you can throw something on in the background. Hey, it's pretty to listen to. Um, it might feel a little iffy when you clear, but uh, that's only a second. And, you know, you can get rid of all this garbage and then build you know, a positive habit. I was going to say it's um, pretty interesting. I, I, you know, it's, it's strange. I have a lot of impatience flowers <laughs> outside <laughs> on my patio. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I just love them. I mean, they come. I mean, I can keep them blooming all year round, and and grow them. And um, and it was yesterday that it was like a dolphin. It was it was um, hummingbirds. Two hummingbirds. They look like dolphins diving around my plants, and they go. <laughs> You know, they do that funny noise. It was almost as if yeah. little dolphins were just kind of bopping around, and they stayed there for a while. It was so funny. Um, so, again, you know, these different sounds and these different, like, flowers and things like that, it's just amazing that that life provides for you right next to you what you need. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, yeah. and it's like a, it's like a magical world. It's like everything that's the same frequency exchanges energy. So yeah. that would mean um, if you're sick, 
um, very subtly and softly, but a certain color is going to have a positive influence and maybe one a negative. For example, if you're stressed, you really don't want hot reds and oranges. You want cool blues. You know, you want soft colors. And um, and then when you look at how there's energy exchange between the frequency of, let's say, a cool blue and emotion, you'll find that the 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 cool blues equate to emotions like um, feeling blue or soft nurturing. And red is, is vitality and strength and action. And so every little thing around us has waves and it interacts with us suddenly. But all I know the time. that they I know they paint hospitals and uh prisons uh certain colors to bring in uh, more harmony. Absolutely. And while they're at it, they could even design the, um, the proportions to create harmony. They could do that in schools. That's known as sacred geometry, and it was done in ancient times. And it's, you can experience that in the cathedrals and in all of the, the world's greatest buildings. They're frozen music. Now, I have a question for you, uh, Jill. Mm-hmm. Have you worked with scientists? Well, I haven't so much worked with them, but I have um, loved science. And I just have a voracious appetite of reading about physics and science. And in my, um, which book is Secret Sounds book, I have quite a bit. What I've done is I've gone through um, scientists and uh, physics just reading the studies and what they've been able to prove. And I show many of these theories of how sound works through your body and in these different ways I've been talking about. And in this book, I just list study after study after study that verifies this piece, that piece, this piece, that piece, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I think that some of the new discoveries are going to come by understanding sound, just like we talked about with the spider silk, with the music that enabled them to come up with the chemical replica of spider silk. And here's another one. I learned this from Sherry Edwards. And that was, she was um, looking at the Krebs cycle of digestion. And if you get on your Google and put in the formula, it's going to have, you know, I'm making this up because I don't know what it is off the top of my head, like carbon plus oxygen, da-da-da, some little formula. And then you can go in and equate sound to everything on the periodic chart of elements. And so when she looked at the Krebs cycle of digestion, Musically, it was a perfect harmonic cycle, and and what that means is it's like when you when you bing gong a bell, and you hear the after kind of vibes, soft little after vibes, they follow a mathematic proportion. It's a sound wave. So what she discovered was your digestion is one big sound wave, wow. and when you can't digest food, you're out of tune. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, this is kind of like um, uh, you shared something in, in some of your writings um, talking about the planets each associated with a metal. And I mm-hmm. thought, that's interesting. I, you know, like seven known planets in antiquity in the sun, the moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. And, you know, and metals correspond respectively to these planets. I... That's just amazing, isn't it? I, I, you know what? We would never have thought of that. I, mm-hmm. They have personalities of their own. <laughs> and in, in antiquity, they would take that a step further. Then they would associate the colors with the planets. Then they would associate the colors with the personality. Like a red personality would tend to be stressed and excitable, whereas a blue personality would be soft and or depressed. And they would they they would do the same thing with the planet, so that they would give a personality for Venus, Venus the lover, or Mars the warrior, and then they would equate that to food. So, like if you were too stressed, you would have a certain color, pitch, frequency, food that would calm and balance you. And again, it's just two simple little keys. It's it's resonance and entrainment, and with anything the same frequency, energy transfers. For example, in my deep red beauty, yeah, in my deep red beauty CD, I have vitamins, 
and I have vitamins um, that you can ingest. And um, also I put in the frequencies of muscles that are tight in your face and neck. Um, think of it this way, if, if, if this is kind of gross, but if you were to rip off the muscles in your face and neck and let's say string a violin, the short ones, think of them as high pitch, the long ones as low pitch. Anyway, as you age, your muscles sag and they would get musically flat. So I put in the um, healthy frequencies of the muscles in your face and neck to, because it's two little simple laws of sound. This is that one wave and you know will overcome another in close proximity. The stronger wave wins. And so I'm I'm just you know doing a little spa work. Wow. <laughs> you could create so many different things with your sound work to help people. I mean, there's so many different directions you can go. What about if you, um, you know, getting back to um, if you want to be in tune with the planet or like you could wear gold or silver or mercury or copper, or, uh, you know, maybe you would have a necklace associated with what you need uh, per day or whatever. I don't Absolutely. know. I, yeah. And in a way, people are already doing that with crystals, don't they? Oh, this is yeah. hematite for grounding. Oh, this is rose quartz for love. We're already doing it. Yeah. We're already doing it. Now, with the color, color of food, because food comes in different colors, should we be um, observing the color for vibration? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I must say this. Red gummy bears don't count as red. <laughs> <laughs> I have strawberries or something natural. <laughs> so, like strawberries are red, so they would energize us. It sounds like yes, 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 because the red they'll they'll have that frequency that's characteristic of red. And you know, um, I think we I, on my website, I'm offering a half hour of free sound healing music, and I would love for people to to try it and bless themselves. I have um, a half hour, and I have some from Stardust, Paint Your Soul, and uh, Healing Flower Symphonies. And um, that's at jillswingsoflight.com. So I was hoping that people would take advantage of that. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yes. That is so great. Okay. So um, is... Is there, excuse me, um, okay, so you know, we're talking about foods and things like that. Um, so it's interesting, you know, how we cook, because we cook with different different things. I mean, we cook with, um, to make, you know, the food appear to be beautiful and, and inviting to eat, you know, we we add a, a few tomatoes on the top or we add a little cheese or, or you know, anything to to make it delightful when you serve the plate. Mm-hmm. So, again, is this, you know, um, like in the morning sometimes I'll cook my eggs and I'll put bell peppers on top and a little red tomatoes. <laughs> and I thought that was it's just pretty. Because I, I like I thought it was because I like the flavor, and maybe it's because I need the colors. Who knows? Uh, we're, told to, we're told to eat our greens, so the color green. Right. Um, what does and that green, mean? green, and see, colors and their complements, like um, complementary colors, always balance each other. So green and red go together, and between the two of them, they're balancing um, matters of the heart. Um, they're helping with abundance and lack of abundance. Um, and if you look at Buddha, he comes in under the green ray. What teaching us about what? Abundance, lack of abundance. Look at his life. That's what his life is all about. And matters of the heart. You know, Buddha's teaching about compassion. And um, so you can look at your food. You can even look at angels and masters that way. I mean, Jesus is of the gold ray versus... Um, St. Germain of the violet ray. And if you look at the frequencies of the light of violet, and then you look at the frequencies of the emotions, purity and um, transmutation, they're the same. 
So, um, you know, when Jesus is teaching about grace and illumination, that's what the frequency of the gold ray is. So you can refer to, um, uh, you know, if if you have an issue, let's say, and you want to um, lack, you might want to spend a little time meditating with Buddha. Ask him to come in and help you because he's got like a master's degree in green or green energy, which is the same as that emotion, that thought, that feeling. So Buddha can help you manifest. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, because he came in, again, look at his life. He came in very rich. And then he spent his life going out, sitting under the Buddha tree, starving himself and making himself poor. Um, it's uh, like he had already, um, in order to master green, you would have to master abundance and lack of it. And that's what he shows us how to do. Wow. And like, look at St. Germain. He's teaching us how to do purity and transmutation. And here's another octave correlation. The electricity in the United States, if you look at its cycle per second, it's almost violet. Um, it's indigo, close to close to it. And then you look at the United States, and we're definitely into pure. We crucified Clinton for being impure, and um, you know, with the hippies and the flower children and the questioning of the government. That's very important to us. Whereas Europe has a different frequency of electricity into their diet. And there's this more blue, which is nurturing. And notice most of them are socialistic. There's health care for all. Um, and so I would say that the, the lessons of purity and transmutation, um, well, obviously the good things are pure, you know, being pure and transmutation. Notice um, when St. Germain um, started to reign, if you will, or oversee the world, the German wall fell, communism fell. But I would say that the, the test, the test of learning to um, all the emotions in that, uh, and all the emotions equated with violet would be like terrorism. It's, it's a um, threat to your freedom. It's a threat to your purity. And for the blue, I would say, you know, it's nurturing, it's kind, it's loving. On the downside, it's also enabling. And look what happened in Europe. You have Hitler. And they enabled Hitler. You know, they, they realized he was going astray, and they were, they, were, they were too afraid to stop him. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like you, you can equate um, any frequency with a positive and negative pole like a battery, and, you know, you can equate these ancient ideas to time periods, to lessons, to emotions, to food, to music to brainwaves, to the frequencies of things in our body. And with this kind of a view, we can um, discover um, many things that science hasn't figured out yet. Well, would the ideal spectrum be all colors? Yes, that's what ascension is. When we master the rainbow colors, then we're able to become like white light. So think of um, ascension or enlightenment is being able to radiate all the frequencies that compose white light. And then the, uh, the masters and the angels that oversee us, I don't know, maybe they have a, a master's degree in blue, like Archangel Michael, hmm. meaning the, so- the things that are associated or resonant with blue. Well, we only well, have a few uh, minutes left, <laughs> so let's give out. Yeah. Your website, your Jill. Website. Okay, jillswingsoflight.com. And if anyone wants to uh, test your voice, go to nanovoice.org. And also, when you go to Jill's website, don't forget to um, touch base there and um, bring on the, the, the uh, was it Paint Your Soul, Jill, that you have that people yes. can get? Um, they, there's um, half our music, and it's comprised of Paint Your Soul, Stardust, and Healing Flower Symphonies. Yes. Oh, my what, gosh. They're so gift. beautiful. What a, what a gift. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah, you. You can download it. Thank you. 
Well, thank you to everyone. Thank you. And you certainly have put sweet music in our pocket. <laughs> we we just love it. And thank you. You have a wonderful holiday now. Okay. And everyone else. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye.